0: And welcome to another episode of Two Medics and One Mike. Your presenters are Imran Lasker and Thrusia Gunwardner. So, hello and welcome to another episode of the Two Medics podcast. My name is Dr. Lasker, I'm a consultant radiologist. Hi, I'm Thrusia Gunwardner, I'm a cardiology registrar, subspecializing in intervention. And we have a very special guest with us today. Someone that we've been following and admiring on Twitter for a very long time. He's made me laugh a lot with his wonderful memes. I, I try and get in the meme game, but I, I'm sorry. I can't keep up with you, mate. Go for it.
1: What a lovely introduction. I'm Zach. I'm an acute med reg in London. I've got no special interests whatsoever. I tried to play it cool, but I've been waiting a, a long time for that Therusha DM, and I'm just uh, I'm, I'm happy to be here. For anyone, for, for the three regular med tweeters who haven't been invited on the podcast yet, um, you might think that they're recording and like adding in that lounge music. These guys go all out. They, they send a jazz band around your house when you are the guest. I got like these four guys in my house playing this music. It's great.
2: No, wait, wait, we, we didn't send those guys. I don't know how they got
1: there. <laughs> the call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> no, I'm I'm delighted to be here. I'm a big fan of you guys. I love
0: the podcast. Wow, man. That's a, you know, big fans of you. We've been enjoying your memes. I mean, I try and get into a bit of memeology. I've been doing a lot of memes over the years. But, you know, me, Zach, honestly, when you put a meme out, it does make me laugh. And I think Thrusha was reminiscing about some of his favourite Zach memes the other day with me. He was oh, do you remember this one? Do you remember that one? Go on, Thrusha. Why don't you tell us your favourite Zach meme? Go for it. Imran, Imran, be cool, man. Be cool. All right, come on. Let's... <laughs> Jesus. This is not the place to be cool. Yeah, you can literally see me right now. Oh, my God. So let's talk about the week or something. Come on. Okay, okay, fine, fine. So it's been an absolute... I mean, we say this every week, but this time it really has been madness. You know, I've been getting personal messages, DMs, WhatsApps, like, what on earth are you going to do about this week? There's just too many things to talk about. I've been a lot of crazy things. That have been happening on Med Twitter. So I think we should start off small. Have we got a tweet that we'd want to start off just to get us into into the groove of things before we really. I don't know, maybe we'll end up fighting with each other at the end of this.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I do feel like in a fighting mood. I wonder what is, what is going on. Like, is it the heat or something? But anyway, something that's kind of close to my heart. I just wanted an excuse to use that pun because it's about Draponins. And um, it's about, you know, there's, <laughs> you know, there's like crazy, oh, is she crazy? Oh, allegedly crazy. I don't know, Claire P- Path person who's like really anti-vax. And she's just, she's been really problematic, but she's like a real person. He's got like a real job, like as a pathologist and stuff. But she basically comes out this allegedly real person (laughs) yeah exactly oh my god well like I've googled her and she exists and there's although anyway so she's like talking about kind of the Pfizer vaccine and myocarditis and it's just bonkers to see like all these people replying I mean a lot of them were like you know names and bunch of numbers and stuff but there are other like you know Maureen's and Karen's and Ken's and whatever they're all talking about troponins and I'm like troponins are everywhere, everywhere. there's so many troponins as it is and all these other people about talking about troponins did you see any of that? I mean what do you think about all that stuff you know that maybe it's not so close to you guys you know troponins and stuff but it it hurts me when I see troponins everywhere
1: I mean it always h- hurts me when I see troponins where they shouldn't be <laughs> you know <laughs> as but you know
2: I feel this is probably a really niche issue, isn't it? I'm the only person who cares about this. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> else is like, yeah, so? So? Are you going to see the patient, though? Are you going to see the patient?
1: But, Therisha, if, if a troponin is raised and you don't know what to do about it, you just admit them under me anyway. So if you've got a problem <laughs> with the troponin,
0: it's going to become my problem and out. <laughs> yeah, true.
2: Not for PCI, that's it. Just let
0: yeah, yeah, Admit right medics, <laughs> admit medics. Troponins, I mean, are they used to try and get the cardiologists involved? Is that what's going on here? That's it. That's the only reason. Really? That's the only reason why people do troponins. It's because they just want to hand people to cardiology. That's the only reason why you send a troponin ever. So it's similar to getting a D-dimer. Like I've got to get a D-dimer to get a scan. So if I want a cardiologist to turn up, I get a troponin and, you know.
1: It's like putting up the bat signal. Yeah.
0: Pretty much is. So troponin is a bat signal. That's what you're saying. (laughs) It's the cardiology (laughs) bat signal. Yeah. There's no good reason to do a troponin.
1: I think the thing is, it's difficult enough if you're... Work in a hospital all the time and have a decent amount of experience in cardiology, as you do, Thresha, and I don't, to interpret troponins. So I find it interesting that other people are tearing their hair out about them. It's uh... oh god, tearing their hair! Oh, oh no, that was that was an accident. That was an accident. <laughs> that is that is. Um, oh man, how long have we been recording for? Like two minutes, and I've already been cancelled.
2: <laughs> yeah, you already cussed me. I can't believe you, cu- you came after me. I think the reason why, like, it bothers me anyway is, like, it's just interesting because, or oh, I guess maybe it's kind of like silos and stuff and not being used to kind of seeing lay people talk about, like, medical things. But it kind of links on, I guess, to this other thread I saw by uh, Giles Io, the chap who's at Cambridge, and he, he did this really interesting thread where he talked about this kind of culture very recently of kind of people going up against experts on their kind of specialist subjects and basically just using whatever they've seen on Facebook or whatever and just being like, you're wrong and whatever. And he was just talking about how like, well, if I'm an expert in something, then my opinion is
0: worth more than your opinion. When it comes to health, everyone's got an opinion, don't they? I mean, because it affects them so uh, personally. I keep mentioning my poor parents. I'm um, thankfully I don't think they listen to this podcast. But um, you know, I've said that the Arnica would be the cure for everything for them if their next door neighbour told them so. And it's just everyone's got an opinion, whether it's valid or not. And I think this is just the world that we live in, where you know, just a little bit of knowledge. is like almost a dangerous thing because you can put it out there on paper. And I think we were talking about not so long ago is that you can get memes these days of Mahatma Gandhi. Have you seen those ones? And they have a picture of Mahatma Gandhi and something written. And it's completely ridiculous. But because it's a meme with a picture, it feels like it's, oh, this could be something he really said when actually he's got nothing to do with any of it. And it's just a ridiculous meme. And so I think this is a part of the danger of... um, It sounds bad to say, but sometimes people having an opinion at all. Like when someone says, Oh, I've made an educated decision about something. You know, like you kind of need to know a bit about something before you have an educated decision about something, don't you think? Before you can just jump right in and say, You know what, my opinion about troponins matters more than your opinion about troponins because I saw it on Facebook once. I think
1: the internet and Google, it can be really empowering that patients can have access to information, lay people can have access to information that was previously siloed, held up in ivory towers. And I think that's great. It's really democratising and empowering. But the problem is it's so easy to mislead if the information is that widely available. It's so easy to misinterpret. And I just think it's so ironic, particularly in view of, I won't mention you know, last week's villain, this nurse in Trafalgar Square who was spreading all this information, what her son was saying made me realise actually, our generation grew up with our parents telling us, I'll be careful with, you know, who you associate with online, they'll, they'll manipulate you into thinking things that aren't true, and that's exactly what's happening to our parents' generation, you know, you got sort of older people who are seeing things on, on social media and not being savvy about it, and, and just being misled into believing all sorts of lies about vaccines and doctors and healthcare and and things that just aren't true.
0: I mean, you know, back in the day, it used to be, well, I like to think anyway, that doctors had a bit of a, a respect for them or the medical profession in general, you know, people respected them. But do you think that by becoming more accessible on the internet, that comes with more disrespect? Does that make sense? And I think that kind of relates directly to a tweet. Did you see that one? Being more accessible often comes with disrespect. I really
1: want to ring a bell whenever you guys do an excellent segue into, into another tweet. It's, it's masterful to, I've got, I've actually got one here. <laughs> uh, that wasn't deliberate. We've, we've for some reason got a bell in our living room. That's a, a very useful purpose for it. But so I've completely thrown off your flow now.
2: You know, it's interesting. I mean, like in trying to kind of be accessible, I think by leveling things out, right, and just kind of removing like, hierarchy and paternalism. It depends on what we mean by disrespect, but I guess it's kind of apt for Twitter. Because a lot of the time, I think the recurrent theme is where when people have like a different view to someone and people take that view very, very personally and almost like you're disagreeing with me, but that's almost like you're criticising me. And perhaps sometimes those two things kind of seem to be quite linked. That tweet that, that person put wasn't actually medical. It's like a general thing. But I know that feeling, like that feeling of like humbling yourself and opening yourself up and trying to kind of um, have a dialogue with someone. That was something that I found with the Twitter storm actually this week. Like, you know, trying to kind of like explain stuff and then just having it kind of thrown back as you're twisting my words and this and that and whatever. And so it can be very, very difficult. I think ultimately the kind of um, the intention's good, right? To kind of make it more of a partnership and stuff with patients. but. Is it disrespect? I don't know, is it like, um, we are fallible, we should be questionable, we should have confidence in our, you know, in what we talk about, I guess, so is it disrespect? Mm.
0: I don't know but I mean you wouldn't go to the bank manager and tell them well you know what this is what I think should happen with my money you know in terms of where you're going to save it and stuff like yes of course you've got some autonomy about where you say this is just me being money imran again isn't it sorry for bringing it into that but like a solicitor you go to a solicitor right you're not going to say look sorry solicitor you've got no idea what you're talking about my next door neighbour told me that this is what I should do and they'll be like okay like that doesn't make any sense you know I feel like we're the only profession where we have to take that kind of um, criticism don't you think?
1: I think overall it's a good thing because I think having an unapproachable doctor leaves people at risk of abuse, it leaves people at risk of all manner of bad things that come about from having a person in a position of authority that cannot be challenged. And I think challenging authority, and this is another excellent segue into the events of this week, I think, I think challenging authority and challenging hierarchies and challenging people in a position of authority in a way that isn't offensive or aggressive is important. And I do think doctors probably in the past maybe have had a little bit too much power over their patients. And overall, I think it's a good thing, but it probably does make life a lot more difficult for us than it would have been for colleagues 50 years ago. But I don't necessarily think that's wholly a bad thing.
0: I guess like they say, isn't it, with great power becomes great responsibility, right? So to quote Spider-Man, it's true. I mean, yeah, I guess there is the possibility of abusing that power or, you know, it's obviously when you, get, you can get things wrong and it can be a good thing that a patient or someone who isn't necessarily medical can challenge you. But then um, to that effect, like, is it good to be called out for being sick sometimes? You know, if you're the one that's ill and then you end up having to take a lot of sick days, you're referring to a tweet where
2: basically I think we've, we've since decided that that tweet can't have been real or as old or whatever but it's basically an email that had been sent out where people were like oh you've taken a lot of sickness and uh, we're going to report this to the training director and there was lots of outrage I remember seeing that again and again incessantly in my feed this is why you have so many followers mate and this is why like you know you're just uh, <laughs> this is why you get paid the big bucks because you were like this is just Big
1: bucks? How much, how much money do you think <laughs> Twitter's paying me? It's not like f- f- yeah Phil Leek, c- who funds you Phil Lee comes around my house with like you know a £10 uh, W.H. Smith book voucher once a month and Russell, Russell gets a £20 one yeah that's how it works uh, you know he's the big spender no but I, I think the thing about that tweet which apparently I read somewhere on Twitter I can't remember where because I've not got a, a good memory for these things someone said they saw that exact same tweet last year so I do wonder whether or not and we're talking about the tweet that you said about this is the one about uh someone being reported for having too much sick leave. That being said, I think that's another example, to do a reverse segue, where challenging people in positions of authority is important because if it is real, that someone jumped up in HR who's annoyed that they think too many people have gone off sick and wants to throw their weight around. I mean, I think it's really heartening to see this week a lot of brand new doctors who aren't just going to lay down and do something, work harder than they're supposed to and work longer than they're supposed to just because someone in a position of authority has told them to. They're going to say no, actually, even as the brand new doctor, even as the F1, I've still got the right to have my opinion heard and, and to have my life respected. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how much longer can we avoid this week's lightning rod? Do you know that? That whole, like, debacle is amazing, right? Because it just is one of those things, it was like, uh, there's just so many, like, different missiles that came off from that th- thread.
1: Oh my god, it was a mess.
2: So we've got to be careful because the initial poster has deleted the tweet. Essentially, there was a junior doctor who was asked to come in earlier than the kind of... Um, the time that they're supposed to work on a a fairly regular basis if things are busy. And I think there was an objection to that, understandably, I guess, like, well, these are outside of your paid hours and stuff. And then there was a response by someone who said, basically, I'm surprised and perplexed by that response, particularly by someone who's kind of new
0: to the profession. And then it just kind of went off, right? It went off from there. Yeah, I mean, this is about the thing about med Twitter, you you have your initial argument, right? And then you kind of almost predictably, it will tangent quite quickly and it will become about so many different things. And you don't know whether it's just, these are the things that people are feeling underneath and they're bottling up and they just want to talk about it. Or, you know, this is entirely related to the initial problem in the first place and it's just, I never noticed. Uh, You know what I mean? Like, I don't know where to begin. I'm not convinced it is related. I think
1: med Twitter, the problem is that we're trapped in this constant state of argumentus interruptus. Like we never really finish an argument because we move on to the next one because someone will be like, well, hang on, what about this? What about that? And we never really fully explore, maybe you can't, but in the space of 280 characters. I think the more worrying thing is that it's just one big singularity and every argument eventually comes back to... whether or not we should be able to report each other to the GMC for being mean on Twitter. It's all one big singularity, it all leads back to that. And it's actually quite frustrating, because I think there's a really interesting and very nuanced and reasonable debate to be had about our working hours and how flexible we should be. I think part of the problem is that people turn it immediately into a straw man argument which is creating this hypothetical f1 that i've never met on twitter or in real life who gets to five o'clock throws their stethoscope at the boss and storms off the ward you know that they're that inflexible But actually i think the argument has always been well if i occasionally have to stay late that's fine i try and get my juniors home early occasionally so that it balances out and if overall on average you're going home on time and you're coming in at the right time and you're being paid the right amount i think most people are happy with that you know no one's saying it has to be rigid and that I think maybe again is not something that you can express within one tweet or or even one one twitter thread or at least one that anybody's ever going to read but I think the problem is that people saying that suddenly feel like someone's saying oh well you're not professional or you're not going to get ahead in the profession I don't think that's fair because I think that's how you gaslight people into doing more than they're paid for
0: yeah, I mean, this is the whole idea of like professionalism. Like what is professionalism? Is professionalism turning up early and then finishing late? Because for me anyway, maybe because of the way I am and the nature of the job and the choices I've made, like if someone's going to sit there and tell me that, oh, you know, they came in early and finished late every single day, I don't think that's something to be proud about. Like there's something going on here. Like either you're turning up for free or you're not very good at what you're doing. But then that gets glamorised. We kind of almost normalise that as being like the quintessential, this is how to make it somewhere. If you want to become good at something, you put a whole load of time that is not on the clock. And so I think with this one, I completely agree with everyone else. Like, you know, 10, 15 minutes, you've got to hang about, you've got to finish the last few things. And we're not saying that, you know, in the middle of an arrest, you're going to be like, oh, time's up, I've got to go. You know, like, you're reasonable. But to say that someone should come in a couple of hours early, just because they're junior, just because they're new to the job, and that's actually normal. I think that should be challenged, you know, and I think Phil did a tweet not so long ago, when can we normalise, you know, turning up on time, going home on time and uh, just having a life outside of work, which is actually a very unpopular idea for, for everyone to think of when they think about a junior coming into work. True of like everything in Twitter though, even if you take it like a step back,
2: like this person is kind of saying, this is not really something that I'm looking forward to for my job, like they're due to start. I think one of the issues that I certainly had was is that someone else is from outside the profession in a way, like kind of belittling it. So I was trying to engage with this person, but like the obtuseness with the replies, I found it kind of quite difficult because essentially what was happening was that, and it's one of those patterns, I guess, in like Twitter arguments, like either you try and explain what it is about what has been said that you kind of found offensive or whatever, so this person was just kind of repeating the same thing again and again which is like strange but then i found what happened was that then there were like loads of these kind of like sub tweets which were like i wholly support that person for like the pylon, and it's like and it kind of reminded me of like you know when you have like an argument with someone and there are loads of people watching and then they all like think they don't say anything and then they meet you in the corridor afterwards being like oh, you know, what you said there was really... It was just really... It had that kind of air to it, which I thought was really funny.
1: (laughs) I think it's troubling because I think, in fairness, that the person that we're talking about is not our typical med Twitter villain. It's somebody who seems to have done a lot of good and generally be a good egg, who I think on this occasion is wrong. That's my opinion. I think that's certainly what you guys... It's an opinion that's shared by you guys and quite a lot of people on Twitter in the community. And I think we should be able to have a reasonable discussion about that and I think most people were having a reasonable discussion some med Twitter personalities are more prickly than others some of them maybe argue their case more passionately more water (laughs) cannony yeah (laughs) allegedly allegedly water cannony and that's I think when the whole thread falls apart because you've got an argument with two people who maybe are not seeing eye to eye who are both speaking at each other in a way that would probably be alright in person but you lose so much communication on Twitter and then boom, right on time, and as in every Twitter argument, someone wades (laughs) in and brings the GMC into it, and all of a sudden, the match is lit, and any chance of having a reasonable discussion about F1 working hours is gone. I just don't understand why someone would do that.
2: We need more options, don't we? Because either it seems to be like, either you GMC someone or you block them, there's nothing else you can really do.
1: Those are your two options.
2: Those are the two options. I feel like we need something else. I feel like... uh, Do you know what I
1: was thinking about earlier though? When people say, I'll report you to the GMC, right? What are they thinking is the consequence of that? I mean, I think most people think of it as an idle threat, but what do you think the GMC are gonna do? Are you thinking the GMC is the best person to re-educate this doctor and train them to be better? No, no one believes that. Do they think the GMC are gonna strike someone off because of something they said on Twitter? No. So what's the point? You're just trying to be mean. You know, because that's what we know. And we know the full extent. A GMC referral is not like, oh, I hope you get diarrhoea for a week. It's a horrible, painful, drawn out process that's led to some people taking their lives. And I just can't believe anyone would would take that lightly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: Yeah. yeah. Diarrhoea is no laughing matter. So we had that initial tweet, then we had someone come in who's not from the profession, but fair enough, they had an opinion about juniors in general turning up early. Mm, yeah. And then someone else came in who's allegedly had some trouble with the governing body already. Is that correct? And then, But I'm not saying that is what happened, but I, found, I noticed a lot of people were sort of taking jabs at that sort of personal issue that had happened for that person that had said, you know what, you should go to the GMC about that. It felt a bit unfair. To me, anyway, that someone who may have had trouble with the governing body can no longer have an opinion about the governing body or invoke that response, even though it was a bit sort of a bit of a crazy thing to say, because that person... It was just completely unreasonable.
1: It trivialises it.
0: Yeah, it just, I felt as though, like, people were just jumping on it. So, like, first of all, they're jumping on the GMC thing. Then they were jumping on the person that had said it because of who they are and the things that allegedly may have happened in their past history, which I thought was a little bit sad. And then there was a bit of a racist factor that suddenly popped up. Did you see that? Like there was Mm. suddenly it kind of, it went on the GMC thing. Okay, I can see where that's going. We've been down here before. And then suddenly there was that tangential thing like, oh, hang on, hang on. I didn't didn't think it could go down racism, but it did. It, It just blew again
1: every possible rate every possible rate yeah,
0: yeah so yeah. what happened how did that suddenly come about what, what
2: happened uh, I think because like Keode was kind of in the thread and inexplicably this other person decided to use an example of comparing how she was being treated perhaps with if someone were to uh, use a similar example but involve a black woman and then i uh, just it just got really kind of esoteric like it's a bit like i don't know it felt like a little bit out there like what are we even talking about now like what planet yeah. like, what planet are we like wh- where are <laughs> we like i just don't even know anymore like uh it was just mate like the history of the cosmos it was just really strange like it just got really weird really fast and so and i replied being like bro like i didn't say bro i didn't call her bro or sis she didn't like that i said Black women, like literally, when you compare something to black women, if you're going to use them as an example, they are just like a horribly treated group, right? And like, there's not, there's nothing really compared because, like, literally from the word go, everything's just stacked against them. But it's interesting that was used as the example as a discriminated against group because kind of it shows that people like are aware that that happens, even though it doesn't get talked about that much. I guess it just seemed really weird to invoke that. And at that point, I said like, oh. I'm not sure if we're getting it I, I, like I've been replying and just thought I was helping but obviously it's just making things worse and uh, I replied being like oh I think we should probably just stop replying to each other and then that's when I got blocked and that was the end of it for me but uh, yeah like so we've decided that the options now are GMC blocking or racism I guess yeah that's yeah. It.
1: Well, maybe it's re- report someone to the GMC and block them if they block you on Twitter that's equivalent to racism I think it's just, it's so complicated and, you know, I'm really glad you had me on this week because obviously, (laughs) as a white man, I've got a lot of opinions on racism and I'm going to sit here and lecture you both on them for the next half an hour. Now, I think privilege can be really blinding. This is something that I learn a lot about from Twitter, from hearing other people's experiences and I think it's one of the times that Twitter can actually be a really powerful learning tool is reading and thinking, actually, man, there are things that I hadn't even thought of that people go Mm. through Mm. and... We're all on a learning journey. I think it's just about saying, hang on a minute, if I start comparing my experiences to the centuries-old, very complex history of racism, you're never going to have a good time. That's never going to end well. I think that's the point at which you turn off the app and go home,
0: you know? <laughs> have you ever had trouble getting food from the chippy? Has that ever happened to you, Zach? Just get some fish and chips. <laughs>
1: I'm so disappointed that Bella's broken because that is, that is the best Imran segue. Like, yeah, you can't see it at home, but I've got Imran on video and he's on an actual segue, just riding around in circles in his home. Um,
0: do you think if I walked into that chippy and said, someone like me, looking the way I do, if I walked into that chippy and said, look, my name's Dave, can I have some chips? I'm Dave, that's my name. Can you? Would that help me? Do you think, like, I've kind of tried to put in two things together here, but... First of all, we had that problem with the chippy. Go on. What happened Yeah, there. yeah. So
2: um, this is where a colleague who is in Wales is trying to get some chips, and basically they weren't serving her, and they were serving white people, and they were kind of implying, I think, that they weren't open or something, but then openly serving other people. So it was that. And that tweet, and then there were loads of people kind of replying, being like, oh, in Wales, though, does that happen? Like, this kind of weird... Which, again, I think is... There's no racism in Wales. Yeah, exactly. Who, who knew? Again, interestingly, because it's just like people saying stuff, and it's just like... You know, if someone's giving you their experience, if you don't agree, like, just, like, just move on, just keep scrolling or whatever. But, like, people being like, oh, I'm not sure. Like, it was just that kind of weird apologism. But also, Imran is referring to, there was a news article about uh, the Bristol Royal Infirmary where they were telling staff to more Western names. Zach, have you ever been asked to change your name just to...
1: (laughs) Why did you invite me? Why did you bring me here? This is
2: just... (laughs) Is it not short for zucchini? Oh, yeah, sorry, it is know. actually.
1: No, uh, I think what I'm going to do for the next bit, I'm not going to say anything. Oh, uh, Fred,
2: you're just going to retweet us, yeah?
1: No, yeah, I'm just going to retweet you guys because I think the biggest problem on Twitter now is people who've had no lived experience commenting on things like that. So I can say, as a white man with a one-syllable name, that's not something I've experienced. <laughs> of.
0: You're a good guy. You're a good egg. Um, Imran, have you? That is actually the right attitude to take. And actually, there was a recent Twitter space that we turned up to, do you remember, through so the Tuesday evening, I think Xander did that Twitter space. We got involved because we thought, you know, it'd be great to sort of just listen to people. And then we were trying to get things going, trying to get people talking. And it took a direction that I personally wasn't expecting. I didn't know that it was a space for what it became. And actually, it was a lot about being a person of colour, more specifically black, and that your experiences of being black in the health profession. And I realize that this is not a place for me to be really talking because there's nothing I can really say to really relate to this per se. Like, yes, I am a person of color, but there, it seems to me that there is a different experience in being a black person in life in general and in the health profession. And in that situation, there's no need for me to talk. It's just better for me to listen and understand or just know that there is a lot of hurt and a lot of pain out there. And, um, Zach, I think you've got a good attitude when it comes to that, where you felt as though, yeah, okay, fine. This is not, probably not my forum, but I think it's an important place to really listen to. And I don't know, Thrush, if you remember, you may not remember this, but back in Australia, we, we talked about a few times being an Australian during our elective. I think I was very oblivious to a lot of racism when I was younger, growing up. And I guess I lived in a niceish neighbourhood and things. And... Um, and being londoner yes you do get some racing but it wasn't so much and it wasn't until we got to australia that i started to feel a lot of it like i think a lot of it. and it wasn't until one evening actually we tried to go into a club do you remember this through sure and there's a bouncer in the front we got there and he said and he goes well he just stopped us with his hand hand in front he goes, sorry you need to stop and we're like okay and he goes the club's full mate and i was like oh what do you mean and he goes the club's full and we all looked at and i was really nice I was like, yeah yeah, yeah. Well, dude the club's full. And I don't know whether Therusha, maybe he got really angry. I can't remember. He does that a lot. But um, he, um, someone said he's being racist. And I was like, no, nah, he's send the club's full. And then, yeah, a whole load of white people were getting allowed into the club. And I was like, oh, right. And I just didn't expect it. Uh, it's not the, quite the same thing as trying to get a chippy. I think that would, that would hurt my feelings a lot more. I mean, you know, I wanted to get... I wanted- Did
1: you want to go to the club or was it? Was it one of those <laughs> like, oh, dragging out clubbing, I just want to get a kebab and go home. Was it Was it that, <laughs> that? That's so awful. I can't imagine what that's like, dude. That's just being there in that situation, it being so blatant. Like that, that must just hit you really in a really horrible place.
0: Yeah, I mean, I often joke that like, I, I don't really think of myself as a brown person until something happens. I think I've mentioned this to you and personally through But I remember we went out to watch Wicked, the play, and my wife and I were walking outside and someone from a pub literally threw an ice cube at my wife's head, who wears a headscarf, by the way. And I was just like, you know, these are one of the situations where I could lose this, you know, and I could go in that pub and find out who it was and have a massive fight. But my dad always told me that, he was always like, listen Imran, if you ever get into a situation of a fight or anything like that, remember, you've always got more to lose than the person you're fighting. And then I kind of always remember that. And every time I was like, yeah you know what? I'm a doctor, I've got a family, I've got this. I'm not going to get into a fight in the middle of a pub because someone threw an ice cube at my wife's head. Thankfully, she was pretty calm about it and we just walked on. It's those experiences that like, I think if someone tried to explain that as anything else, I think I'd be kind of, I find that a little bit hurtful, you know, because what else could it be? I was walking down the road with someone who's got a headscarf and someone threw an ice cube at her. It's a very difficult thing to communicate, especially if you've never had that lived experience. Don't you think?
1: I think, I'm sure someone, if you posted that story on Twitter, would make a comment like, oh, I'm sure you misinterpreted it. I'm sure they just thought she needed some ice. Because there's always someone in these threads, isn't there? He's trying to explain it away, whether it's sexism or racism, saying, oh, you've misinterpreted it. And um, there were people like that for Tasneem's tweet where they were saying, you know, oh, maybe it was too early for the takeaway or maybe you had to order it in advance or, you know, may- maybe it was an Illuminati chip shop and you had to give them the secret handshake. But there's always something. And I just think just believe people when they're telling you that racism exists
0: yeah that's the thing like uh, you know the bristol thing coming back to that one the answer to the issue what was the issue again they were going to say okay look we admit there's been a problem we're going to have another resilience meeting is that what it was no it's going to be some sort of diversity nobody wants module. That. <laughs> like
2: uh, all the kind of like black and brown people are going to be like mate just call us what you want let's not do some more
0: e-learning for god's sake yeah honestly yeah that's just one way to be like yeah i'm not doing that yeah
1: who is to do the e-learning who is to come to the meeting is it who, do you, i don't even know i don't even understand how that would work
2: yeah did you uh, so imran have you ever got, had your name changed or do they do that have you has that ever happened
0: uh, to you no i think i mean no, i think uh. just the pronunciation of i suppose like imran to imran is fine like i don't really care i mean i, I don't i kind of anglicize my name anyway because I, I see myself as more of a brit than a bengali you know even like my surname's lasker but uh, if you went back to bangladesh it should actually be loshgor which is with an sh but i come like, on oh, man life's too short to worry about that kind of thing it just got slightly lost in translation but you know what i found Like when you're watching these threads kind of diminish into complete craziness You know, if you're not getting up, like, Thrusha, you did pretty well. You were were getting involved. You were getting stuck in. But I I was just watching. There's a bit of voyeurism, isn't it? Like, you're just sort of sitting back and rubbernecking about that whole situation. And I find that a lot about Twitter. I rubberneck a fair bit and just watch the disasters as they go by. I think someone, one of you guys mentioned a, a CT scan, which is very close to my heart. So we had troponin. But we had a CT scan of someone's face that didn't look so great, through do, do you remember this one? You talked about this the other day. Yeah. I hadn't finished talking about, you know, the names
2: thing. Uh, you know, like, um, because my name gets changed all the time. With Therusha, like, when I introduce myself to people, yeah, mate, I was just trying to get it. You bring it back. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, when I say my name, Therusha, can you imagine, like, when I meet people for the first time, like, how many times I have to go over it? Like, how does it start? Like, and the kind of the things that it kind of moulds into. And the number of people have been like, so what do people call you? And I'll be like, They call me by my name, yeah, yeah. They call me Tharusha. Like, what else? And then they're like, oh, you know, is there a shortened version? And so, like, when I was in F1 though, I thought, you know, because obviously you want to get by and stuff. And I remember before starting F1, I anticipated this was going to be an issue. And so, like, I made up like a name that people would call me, like a short name. And I looked, I spent ages on Google, and I found Ty, T-Y-E, right? And I thought, oh, people can call me Ty. And so, like, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, call me Ty. But then people would be calling Ty, and then it wouldn't like register because it's not my, it's not my name, is it? So like, I just, so I wouldn't even be responding. (laughs) So that didn't work, and so then. But when people be like, "Oh, what do people call you?" I'd be like, "Well, my mum calls me Tharu." And nobody would obviously want to call me what my mum calls me. So I'd be like, just call me Tarusha. Just, like, say it however it comes out. It's fine. Just roll it off the top. Like, if you can say Daenerys Targaryen, or do you know what I mean? Like, if you can manage those things. <laughs> if you can say Amiodarone and Clopidogrel, or whatever, however you pronounce it. Then, mate, you can wrap your noodle around Tarusha. Like, I don't know. Uh, it's not even my surname. I won't even push that. Like, that's fine. Just call me Dr. Tarusha, or whatever. Like, it's fine. Sorry, yeah, sorry, I just wanted to No, no, you're right, chest.
0: you're right, I agree, no, no, I agree. I remember in it came up in Australia, someone trying to call you Thai or something, and I thought, at the time, I thought it was a pretty cool surname, I mean, a pretty cool name, I thought, eh, maybe you should be called Thai, but um, no. Uh, Some people do this thing where they'll be like, oh, I'm not going to call you that, I'm going to call you
2: Bob, and I swear to God, this, that Bob oh. joke, there's a certain type of person who makes that joke. Oh my God. There's like a special, probably like a tumor in my body where I like reserve like all my anger towards them. Like it just kind of gets pushed into this like same place. Yeah, literally, it's happened so many times. I'm gonna call you Bob. I'm like, Why do they always pick Bob? Like, why do I look like a Bob? I don't know. It's not even beginning with T, it's just lazy
1: do you remember in medical school when a patient would have a particularly difficult to pronounce name and you were in clinic and the someone would just hand you the notes and be like, could you call the next patient through please? And it would be so transparent that they just didn't want to try and say the name. I
2: love it. I love it when people have difficult to pronounce names because like they know what it's like. And so um, I make like a big song and dance about it. Like, and, uh, and one of the, like, it's difficult, I guess, like, um, because like people feel awkward, like you're going to be offended if you, but like, you're not like you, you know that like everyone else has found it difficult but generally it mm. kind of is a way of kind of getting into conversations or so i often ask people what their name means like people love talking about their names really i find it kind of a good conversation starter but there you go
0: sorry rubbernecking no i mean uh, yeah okay so if you want to go back to the rubbernecking yeah you, you saw some scan that um that you found quite interesting right it was completely what was it again that kind of got your interest about this one
2: so this is a 3d ct reconstruction of someone's face I saw it like a few times. I could see that it was just uh, not very nice. I couldn't really tell what it's about. I don't really want to engage with it. It just seemed not very nice. And then, like I saw some other threads a bit later on saying that, it's, like as a result of an attack, like someone had been like hit in the face or something. It just seemed really weird. Like,
0: I wondered what the educational value in that well, was. Well, you know, I think Twitter's quite a decent place for radiology in general. We've seen some big accounts turn up, haven't we? Like, um, you know, the radiologist page. He's very big and he puts the odd educational thing out, which is quite, it's quite cool. But sometimes it is a bit of like, um, yeah, just look at that. This is nasty, um, isn't it? Like... Um, I, I, I was telling you guys when I, when I first started Radiology I used to save a whole load of images because I thought they were interesting of just you know objects being in the wrong places but after a while there were just so many of them and there was no educational value to it that I just sort of just moved on and I think sometimes people are just doing it for clicks and uh, a bit of attention seeing someone's face is completely battered and stuff I, I don't really see what the educational value is in something like that especially when it comes to Radiology when you say uh, objects
1: in the wrong places, I just had this image that you had like a coffee table book of like socks in the in the cutlery drawer and, like, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> what? an x-ray of that. Yeah, it's not quite right. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, shoes in the kettle. Like, you know, just just, just objects in the wrong places. But I, uh, I think you're referring to something slightly different.
2: Yeah, like people put kind of interesting echoes and stuff and I think sometimes it can be there is stuff that I I swear I have learned off Twitter, like um, there was a particular technique for angiography which I learned off Twitter, like because it's so rare, but the thing is is that like some stuff just seems really gratuitous like I remember not long ago there was this kind of video of this guy who'd been shot I think with a shotgun in the chest and his chest was open and they were like, oh
1: look, like you can
0: see his lung it's so
1: gross There's no learning objective there
0: Exactly. Have you seen those ones where people have, uh, like, a photo of their feet in Crocs? Which is, first of all, you know, alarm bells. I hate Crocs, don't wear Crocs, terrible <laughs> things to wear. Uh, and, they, and they take a photo and put it online, but then they've also got someone else's blood all over it, which is soaked onto their socks, and that just oh. makes... Uh, I'm not one who likes, you know, blood anyway. And then you've got Crocs and blood and a photo on my timeline. Those are all, like, just no. Just no. But I just find that kind of stuff really nasty. I just don't, you know, what are you trying to tell me here beyond the fact that you've got crocs and you've got blood on them? You made them look better or worse? I don't know. Yeah, I just find that really nasty. I just Yeah, I think like sometimes when people try and go for the educational value, I'm not sure there is an educational value beyond just trying to, um, I don't know, go a bit, go a bit viral or something. Um, there was something that turned up. Did you see that kind of? It caught fire, but I didn't expect it to catch fire from an ex-guest. Do you know what I'm talking about? So um, we had Farbod who turned up. I've met Farbod personally. We've had dinner and I found him to be a very nice guy. I, I quite I quite liked his company. And um, he put a tweet out because we had this whole thing about uh, medical students starting, you know, and uh, not medical students. Medical students are making that transition from medical student to F1. So every year we had the same thing. Tips for new doctors. And uh, most of it received quite well, but Farbod had a tweet that kind of blew up a bit. Did you see that?
1: Mm, that's a tricky one. Is this the one where he said, uh, sort of, you know, be nice to the nurses, because if you get on their bad side, God
0: help you. Mmm, that's the one, yeah, that's pretty much what he said, yeah. So, when you read that, like, what part of that could be inflammatory? If you were to predict Twitter, what part of that would be an inflammatory thing that could potentially blow up?
1: So, I think, first of all, the problem with tips for new docs is that there's history. You know, and, and if you were coming into Twitter, you'd probably think, oh, that's so nice that people are sharing tips for doctors who are just starting their careers. It seems like a nice hashtag. But because mm. over the years it's been filled with trite or unhelpful, it's become a bit of an in-joke. Um, mm. So I think there's that, first of all, that there's no such thing in medicine as a universal truth, you know, because ultimately, mm. yeah, some nurses are great. I'd say most nurses that I've worked with, 99% have been great. Some of them have been awful and some of them have been bullies same with doctors so I think implying that there is another group of professionals that we work with that are saintly and um, have the right to pass judgment universally and without discussing it with us on our performance I think is likely to go down badly and I think along with that comes this idea that oh you're coming into this profession and it is up to you to earn the right to be in that space if that mm. makes any sense. As a new yeah. F1 or a new nurse or a new physio or new anything, you come into that space and, and you sort of need to earn some things. But on the mm. whole, you, you just have the right to be respected mm. and people should be kind to you and decent to you when you first start out. And you should be kind mm. and decent to people in return. But I think any ultimate truer is going to go down badly on Med Twitter because it doesn't give a voice to how much broader the mm. problem really is. That was a bit mm. waffly. I don't really know if I'm, I I've conveyed that properly, but...
2: No, no, that's fair. Yeah, only a Sith deals in absolutes, isn't it?
1: Yes. <laughs> Sum up my point in five words, would not
2: you? <laughs> but Star Wars, Star Wars has got to get that in there. But yeah. I thought it was an interesting like, um I do feel like that though, don't you? Like when you start a new job, like you kinda of have to win over the nurses because sometimes there's this thing, isn't it, where they're like trying to gauge like whether you're going to be mm, nice or definitely. not and, and trying mm. to win them over. And then his kind of tweet almost gave the impression that He's kind of like a dispassionate observer in this process. Mm. And I think someone said something along the lines of nurses will kind of stay there for, you know, whereas you kind of rotate through. So you're kind of just seen as fodder, aren't you?
1: And that's all true. Absolutely. And mm. I think you are coming into the space of someone who has been sort of working there for a while and you should be respectful for them. And I, I would say I would hope that. That most doctors are, but there's a lot of other stuff there that makes it a bit more complicated. We know, because people on this podcast have talked about it, that female doctors have a more difficult time winning nurses over than the male doctors. And I think it's such a complex issue, the way that brand new professionals interact with professionals who have perhaps had doctors in the past be very rude to them. Um, Mm. And how do you navigate some fairly complex professional hierarchies? And I think that's the problem. It's it's a discussion that you could sit down and write a PhD thesis on, and summing it up in a tweet is challenging. And I think you know Farbod had, had noble intentions, and he makes an excellent point, but it was always going to cause people grief. I think.
0: I think. I mean, do you think if he used like a different word instead of nurses and used something else, would that have been better, like the pharmacist, or I don't know, reception? Do you think that could have maybe... Because I, I made a personal rule after I ran into a bit of trouble on Twitter because I used the word patient in a tweet. The tweet was, indication patient wants it. That's all I wrote. But it wasn't about patients. It was about the fact that there was not enough clinical information on the scan request. But I started getting a lot of heat from people that, you know, had been patients who want to get a scan. They said, you know, what's wrong if I do want the scan? What's wrong with that indication? And so I wonder whether, you know, like, is, is it the wording? Should I now ban the word nurses? Does that bring an emotion that people... Do people get upset if someone looks like they're taking a dig at a nurse? Is that what's happening here? Is that where, where this could have gone wrong? I don't think the reaction was in defense of nurses, though, was it? Like, um, it was the other way.
2: It was kind of that it felt like he was almost kind of taking their side. I do think there is a kind of weird relationship in the UK with nurses and that they'd kind of clap for them or whatever, but not really support them in getting a pay rise and or getting a decent pay rise. So there is obviously something really wrong with the way that we kind of treat nurses here. But I think mm. their kind of reaction was based on the kind of tone deafness. deafness and um, you mm. could see that he felt bad about it, didn't he? And uh, mm. we know that he was just trying something pithy and it just didn't work out and, yeah. but you know then you got saved by like someone else just kind of throwing themselves onto the and, like you know there's a new lightning <laughs> rod that came up and they just kind of like, like and then,
1: yeah <laughs> we should never make too much of a fuss if you get in trouble say oh sorry hold your hands up and then with it you know an hour later someone would have posted something about holding lp bottles or names <laughs> on hats or any one yes. of the other you know or you know sort of
2: cardiologists go on you want to say it don't you cardiologists Cardiology. Cardiologists have had an
1: easy time recently. You guys haven't done anything wildly controversial in a while. <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, you get in there with the troponins. Get right in there with yeah, the yeah. troponins.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were plenty. It went from one fire to the next, didn't it? Yeah.
1: I think the other thing with, with Robert Street is if you're a new doctor and you fell out with a nurse on your first job, the idea that no one would help you is, yeah, a bit upsetting. Because I'd like to take that if you did genuinely run into trouble because... Maybe you had a personality clash or maybe Mm. someone was actually bullying you, which we know is something that does happen across Mm. professions, Um, regardless of who you are, what your job title is. You'd like to Mm. hope that actually, you know, you would get some backup from a consultant or a senior who might be able to help you. You know, just turn mm. the temperature down and, and navigate that. So I, I think that's the other thing. The idea that just getting on a nurse's bad side is the end of it for you.
2: Yeah. I don't true. think
1: that's true. I think you can always, even if you're the one at wrong, you can hold up your hand and say, I'm really sorry. I was wrong there and move mm. on and, and have a good working relationship. So I think it's just absolutes.
0: It's that dynamic though. Like I, I think, do I, you remember I mentioned that? Um, so this is back in the day when I used to work with Phil Lee actually, and I was on a ward one day and we we're seeing a patient he was talking to a nurse and that nurse's voice just sounded so familiar and uh, I, I was an F1 and I turned around and it turned out the nurse used to be my English teacher from my school and he actually helped me get into medical school and I was so shocked to see him, let's call him Mr. Smith and I was like Mr. Smith like what on earth are you doing here and he was like oh you know it's good to see him run, I've become a nurse and you know just trying to reinvent my what I'm doing with my life and stuff like, that's so amazing. But I kept calling him Mr. Smith. I could never call him anything but Mr. Smith because I still remembered like how much he'd helped me to get into medical school in the first place. You know, when I was on call, he used to call me up to have a look at patients. And, you know, I used to, I think one time it was a little bit, I think he should have called me a little bit earlier than he did. And I didn't want to sort of like be rude or anything, but it felt weird to be telling him that, you know, I think on this particular occasion, we should be called a lot sooner than that. Um, The blood pressure's a lot lower than I expected. When you said low, I mean, I didn't know it was that low. When I was being so polite to him, I think some of the other nurses, came up to me and were like, how come you keep calling him Mr. Smith? And why are you so nice to him? And I was like, because he used to be my English teacher. And they're like, what? And then I thought, but that kind of tells you a lot of stuff, doesn't it? It tells you about like, the way they're used to doctors treating them and the way that they're used to having interactions. And then because I was... I felt that, like, I had to treat him, like, differently because he used to be my English teacher and he meant so much to me and, you know, where he got me. But It's just interesting to think about, like, um, how the dynamic and how that was noticeable so quickly just based on our history. But we had so many fires. Like, we had the Farbod fire. OK, fine, we did that one. And we had the whole fire with the, you know, turning up to work. And then we've had what well, it looks like... Um, claire Girada in a bit of trouble she tweeted something that's been a bit unpopular have you seen that she's popped up in a few of our podcasts hasn't she did you see that stuff Zach? um
1: yeah she's a i think it's tricky because again this is one of those things where you don't want to have a conversation without all the right people in the room have got three of us mm. are hospital doctors and i certainly as a med reg med reg is a constantly being thought of as incredibly busy people and whenever anyone phones me up they're incredibly apologetic even if I'm sitting there eating my lunch and not doing any work whereas <laughs> GPs we, we know <laughs> from having friends and colleagues who are GPs that they're working phenomenally hard under really difficult circumstances and, and getting like hate mail and abuse in the general public about it
0: and mm. I appreciate
1: that maybe and again this is an outside of Jesus maybe they do need someone who's going to be their president who's going to argue their corner and say no hospitals shouldn't be doing this hospitals shouldn't be doing that i think the difficult thing is it's not a conversation that's happening between i don't know the Administration of it works. You know, it's not people sitting down in a in a local area and saying, "Okay, how are we going to split the workload between GPs and hospitals?" It's someone on Twitter posting a very black and white view, and again, only mm. Sith deal in absolutes. You're always going to cause controversy if you come out and say something that's an absolute. And actually, a lot mm. of people on that thread were patients saying, "Actually, I prefer to have some of this stuff done by my GP. It's easier for me." You know, that's when this is a very nuanced issue that you can't just distill down just to that one sentence. But it's a difficult topic.
2: Yeah, definitely, right? She's an enigma, isn't she? Like, there are a few tweets like that that were like, oh, you know, um, we shouldn't be doing blood tests, and you know, you should be following up yourself. And then, like, about an hour later, she's like, guess where I am? I'm at the proms. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> cool all right so it just it just makes because the funny thing is is that when I see tweets from people particularly the angry ones I do kind of imagine I like if especially I've not heard their voice before I have like an imaginary vo- so before meeting you Zach, like I had an Im- imaginary voice in my head which was a, I'm the same um, with people
1: yeah it's weird to hear them on the podcast I'm like that's not you that's not how your character <laughs> sounds I'd love to hear what my voice sounded like in your head oh it's exactly the same was i was I german like I don't <laughs>
2: <know>. <laughs> i'm curious yeah yeah, you yeah. had a really strong german accent yeah but it was like with her she was kind of so those a few tweets are like shouting really really loud and so then when i saw that like next tweet it was kind of really jarring To be like oh guess where i am like it just seemed like really jolly and i'm like oh it doesn't quite fit that well but there you go you know at least she's got some downtime, so she's not have you, you know, um,
1: have you, Therisha, done the um, the telephone clinic since, you know... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know, I, I'm so much worse of the telephone, and it, it, and it made me reconsider what things are like on Twitter because I feel like you miss so much of that communication. I don't know what the facial mm. expressions are. Because it's like, you're mm. right, you don't know if when someone's posting this stuff, you don't know if they're doing it. I mean, I, I have a theory that 90% of it is what people do on the toilet, but yeah, you, know, yeah. you, you don't know if they're sat there furiously, <laughs> you know the bones in their fingers splintering as they yeah, yeah, smash yeah. them into the phone screen or it could just be a throwaway comment you don't know yeah. and i think that's mm. the problem when so much communication is nonverbal. It's you don't true. really know whether someone's tweeting this on the way to the proms and it's a throwaway yeah. tweet their way of venting or whether it's yeah. a huge sweeping policy initiative <laughs> you yeah. can't tell
0: oh mate generally over the last few days i've been scared to tweet anything I just uh, you know I just don't want to tweet anything just in case just do anything, yeah. i just wondering if I put the word full if I just put a full stop will I get in trouble? But like, what do you mean by full stop? What are you trying to say? Are you trying to say the argument should all stop? You should
1: do that. But put a full stop when we're done recording. Just tweet a full stop <laughs> and see if it causes anything. Mm. Yeah, report
0: to the GMC <laughs> straight away. GMC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was interesting you talked about you know we're talking about Claire Girard's tweet. And then underneath you're saying what patients' expectations or preferences are and the fact that they actually would prefer that, you know, their GP deals with a lot of this stuff. But then there was a tweet that popped up from a GP practice and they'd actually had a letter posted through. Uh, I think it was orderly GP practice and they had a letter posted through to them, anonymous, of course, because, you know, you don't want to be um, called out. It said, when GPs come out of hiding and start giving people the service they deserve and have paid for, question mark. It was just like... Where do you even start with it? Uh, you know, first of all, I thought that was a meme. When I saw it, I thought, "Oh, this is another Zach meme. Here we go. This doesn't look real." And, <laughs> and then I looked, I was like, "This is not very funny, Zach. What on earth have you done here?" And then I was like, "Oh, this is not Zach. What is this?"
1: <laughs> I've started posting my photoshops through the door of the local GP practice. Just you know, I just wanted some feedback on my font choice. For,
0: for... Yeah, your meme game has gone to another level. Like, if you're not on Twitter, you're still going to get exposed to my meme. So here you go. Here's a meme via post
1: there is no escape (laughs) wherever you go i will find you
0: (laughs) (laughs) but this was a bad one wasn't it like it's quite heartbreaking isn't it for a gp practice be working like this as hard as this to get something like that come through Mm. inaccurate in so many ways so many things that just like you know yes we do pay taxes we pay taxes for lots of different reasons we pay for the roads we pay for the army we pay for you know you said the royal family as well you know there's so many things we pay taxes for And, you know, I think we get a pretty good deal considering what we're paying to get such a good service, the NHS, which is free. You try and see any of these GPs down Harley Street or any of these other places in the private practice, it'll cost you an arm and a leg. Uh, It's just the fact that, yeah, fine, you have to wait a bit, but you see them for free.
1: But I think it's, you're right, you know, I mean, you can go and you can pay your taxes and you can get... CT scan reported by Imran and you can get you can get PCI done by E3 show and, and they throw in Prince Andrew for free you know it's I think that's a pretty good deal all things considered
0: yeah it is an amazing service right don't you think like as in you could literally be I don't know like have no assets nothing and then just have a heart attack and near somewhere near Harefield and then end up going to one of the top places in the country to have your MI dealt with. I just find the, when you really think about what the NHS gives the population, it's absolutely incredible. Like it just blows my mind that anyone could be unhappy with it. Yeah, I know it's not perfect. Yeah, things take a little bit of time, but the fact that you're gonna treat it for free, it just blows my mind. It's an amazing, an amazing service. Anyway, um, yeah, just plan the flight. My mind's still blown that me
2: doing a PCI and Prince Andrew in the same sentence. I'm still kind of rocked, <laughs> <laughs> rocked by that to my very core.
1: Just, I think allegedly, we should put allegedly. If someone finds out that you stented uh, Prince Andrew's RCA, they're gonna be even. Oh my god! How did you monitor him during the procedure? His fingers are too fat for the SATS probe. Like you know, it's. it's uh, I think we should start spreading that rumor. You do a little bit of private work, maybe when you're a consultant, you can... Uh... It's hard enough for
2: cardiologists as it is before,
0: like without <laughs> stenting Prince Andrews RCA. <laughs> yeah, a nightmare. I, I did try and throw you th- in at Thrusha. I was getting a bit, of, a bit of a joke about the whole Mystique thing, not knowing Mystique, and I just wrote something like, "Oh, Thrusha hates dolphins." Oh,
2: you're pretending it's a joke now. <laughs> pretending
0: it's a joke. You didn't know who they were. I know who Mystique are. Of course, I know who they are. But I, yeah, I think on one of them, I, I wrote something like, "Yeah, Thrusha hates dolphins," and nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Come on, man. I'm not <laughs> the, the man, man hates dolphins. No, he doesn't. But you know. I tried. <laughs>
1: Do you remember when uh, when Mehul said that he didn't like Solaris and that, that was it for him? <gasps> yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, so. I,
1: you didn't hear it from me, but he will never work as a consultant geriatrician <laughs> in this country as a result of that tweet. You've got to be really careful.
2: Oh, I really don't like Celeros either, actually. I don't like Celeros either. Oh, that's it. That's it. But I'm untouchable. I'm like Obi-Wan. If you strike me down, I will come back. No,
1: now you've said that, you're going to be doing heart failure clinic forever. No (laughs) intervention for you. (laughs) I hope you like up titrating Bumetanide. That's all that's left.
2: Uh, I mean
0: it's a very important side of cardiology <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's okay you could always come back and write a few books on nutrition and like reinvent your career or something through sure yeah that, that's what you cardiologists seem to do don't you think <laughs> always fall back on that yeah yeah true well so
2: like um, in preparing for the episode I did this whole kind of other uh, subsection which was just called why are men um, I figured that we should probably go through that I mean it's just dire though isn't it especially coming from three men here but uh
1: so uh you know women of med twitter we're gonna talk to you about men now and how awful they are we're gonna tell you what to think
2: well i mean i'm just gonna run through the kind of the the things that i've seen i was telling joe about it earlier it's just an absolute joke like why do people say like there's so there's a medical SHO who asked the f1 if she was pregnant i mean why delightful yeah delightful yep okay moving on and then there was, like, a, <laughs> some, like, consultant DMing a student saying, oh, like, you should make an OnlyFans. Great, brilliant, that's normal, completely normal behaviour. Like, wh-
1: so it's a perfectly pleasant suggestion yep. to make. Yep. Th- this really shocks me, because what did he think was going to happen? Did he think she was going to turn around and go, oh, you know what? That's a great suggestion, I really appreciate it. Like, there's no way that...
0: Is that what... It, it wasn't meant to be a compliment, what was he doing? That is yeah, just... Yeah,
1: basically... I think it must be, like, just a grace voyeuristic, titillating thing that he sends yeah. these messages to people. I just, I can't yeah. comprehend it. It makes no sense yeah. to me.
2: And then there was the whole, like, big deal that obviously is now just, you know, but it seemed like such a big deal at the time. You know, the one where someone tweeted about um, women being able to ask for other women to examine them. Can you remember that? That, fe- mm-hmm. that that feels like it was, like, a year ago. That was this week. That was this week. But so much stuff has happened that feels like ages ago. You're like, we've aged. We're like... We're like Matt Damon at the end of a, a Saving <laughs> Private Ryan. <laughs> Just like done. That's how many
1: awful things have happened. That was, um, that was, and, and again, I feel like the recurring theme in this episode is seems to be, you know, people, uh, you know, not having the right people in the room for the conversation, um, and that's what happened. That the guy, the who posted that tweet clearly did not think actually this is something that should be a conversation that women have about their bodies and about their health and about their choices he's like gonna wade in with an opinion and and boom it blows up and rather than saying as we all should do i got this wrong i've listened mm. i've learned end of story people keep yep. digging in no one on mm. twitter this week was able to just back down
2: zach i think that was a very generous way of saying digging in because like literally like there was stuff about like there being like patience with him like telling him stuff
1: I think that there was all sorts of stuff that I see that I, I could not understand, and the only thing I could think of was that he was actually just completely losing the plot and trying to save face. And I don't know. As I said, my mum always used to say, "You never know what's going on behind someone's front door, and you never know what's going on behind someone's Twitter account." And and mm. the stuff he was posted, actually, all jokes aside, made me actually a bit worried about him. That yeah, was the, the level of, and I, d- I don't know, but it's just got. So if if you've got an opinion on women's health and you're not a woman, maybe just don't have one <laughs> like maybe just don't you know yeah maybe um, just listen
2: to women again right yeah.
1: exactly you can always retweet retweet a woman who's saying something you know retweet a person of color who's talking about racism you, you don't have to be like here's my opinion he says while giving his own opinion on a podcast that's gonna be listened to by a bunch of people i appreciate the <laughs> irony i appreciate the irony don't at me um but just you know yeah Nobody, no nobody listens i mean we're, we're already an hour in people have people have you know uh, maybe switched off they've
0: yeah, they're like, oh, they're talking about Star Wars, oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely echo what you said, I mean, I, I do worry about the guy, and his, I, I did try and check on him, and he, he's, he's gone, isn't he? He's it's gone, awesome. yeah. Closed down his account, he disappeared, so there's no way to know whether he's alright or not. So if He's probably in Mexico now. Yeah, I mean, if you're listening, mate, I hope you're okay, I, I don't know, mate.
1: But just learn something, take the L, take the L. Yeah,
0: don't take
2: the L. <laughs>
1: Is that a cool thing to say? I don't know. I'm, I'm the wrong age of 30.
2: <laughs> it's interesting because I wanted to talk about, like, because there were there was a thread which was um, f- favourite medical quotes of wisdom. And I feel like that's a good quote of wisdom, Zach, like, for when you're like med-reg on court, just take the L. You know, like when you're getting the referral, just take the L. <laughs> that's what I used to think to myself, just take the L. And you just get that terrible referral. Oh, there's, there's no ambulance to so take them home. <laughs>
1: Yeah, just, just be like, oh, the uh, the surgeon's asleep. You've you've got to admit them. And I'll be like, oh, you know what? Take the L. Take the L. That's fine. Good 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 for him that he's having a nap. I'll take the L. I clearly don't know what this means. I need to Urban Dictionary it. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's right.
1: That's right. Oh, everyone on Twitter used to think I was so cool. Then I'm gonna I'm, I'm exposing my. Uh,
2: <laughs> You've got 10,000 followers, when You're like untouchable now. Oh, you're untouchable. Don't worry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, in that case, let me, let me garble some street slang. <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not.
2: Oh, good. Um, uh, well, anyway, going to that thread that was from um, Shaila Shah, who was talking about interesting uh, medical quotes, you know, like the ones, the wisdom. I've got like a few kind of quotes that I remember from consultants that kind of left a mark on me. I'm not sure if they necessarily are things that uh, like I remember what one consultant was like trust no one and I remember thinking that for a while like just you know if someone tells you what was referring like don't believe anything they say I don't think that's necessarily a very healthy way to operate um, certainly as a manager, like I found it very difficult like supervising juniors you like I don't trust anything they're telling me. But uh, Shailesh's uh, bit of advice was, you hear hooves, don't think zebras, unless you're in a zebra enclosure of a zoo and happen to be the chief zebra physician, <laughs> which I enjoyed. But, um, I was just wondering, did you, have, you got, have you ever heard like, bits of wisdom you know, that's kind of stuck with you from your bosses?
1: I think my uh, best one recently is, so I've got a real problem that I'm desperate for everyone to like me. Um, it's probably the main reason that drives me, me to Twitter and why you know, I'd sit in a dark room and, and weep whenever my tweets don't get more than more than 10 likes it's it's oh, devastating for me it? and and I've, i i had a really bad sort of couple of night shifts when I first started as the med reg because uh, this IT register I for whatever reason had taken a dislike to me and any referral I made it, it just escalated and she was she was really quite hostile and made it very clear mm. that, that she thought I was a bad doctor
0: mm. But did you say do you know who I am I've got 10,000 followers on Twitter do you want to just do you think rethink that this,
1: this was two years ago I only had I had like 500 followers there was nothing I could do I was powerless I was you know I was an ordinary mere mortal no but one of the um, one of the consultants took me aside um, you know at the end of that she said like you know you can't go through your career without pissing a fair few people off and some people mm. are just going to straight up not like you for no reason you just got to deal mm. with it you can't let that affect the way that you feel you can't let that affect the way that you, you think about yourself And I, I just think that that you know you, you can't make everyone like you is something that mm. people tell me a lot and something that I've still not accepted <laughs> um, I'm, still, I'm still like no but what if I did this then maybe everyone would it's, it's but I think that's something that, for me, as someone who's really desperate for other people's approval at baseline, mm. that's something that certainly stuck with me. Not as a yeah. universal piece of advice, but as something that I need to bear in mind.
2: Hmm. I've I've got one bit of advice that's already recently on Twitter. But Imran, have you have you got something from uh, your training that's kind of stuck with you?
0: I don't know, mate. I mean, there's a rule that I live by, and I well, I live most things by, and I think someone did. T- maybe it was a consultant. Someone said. And I've kind of taken it probably a bit too seriously. It's like, choose a path of least resistance, mate. It's just a lot less hassle. And um, I feel like that's pretty much what I do these days. I mean, you know, like referrals come in and someone's going to give me a lot of grief. It's like, well, all right, you clearly think what you think and there's not really much I can do about it. So, and this is what we're talking about. Like, you know, Therusha, when you said, you know, don't trust anyone. Like, I have to trust you guys. I have to trust someone that they know what they're doing because I'm not going to go out of the department God forbid, out of my dark room, go find that patient and palpate the abdomen myself and say, you know what? There is no pain in this abdomen. I don't know what you're talking about. I've got to take you for your face value and say, all right, if that's what you think, then we'll just go ahead and do the scan. Imagine if you did that, though. Imagine if you did that. <laughs> You know what? Actually, I was working with this mate of mine and he had quite the temper. And um, I remember there was this other guy, there was, I think it was similar. Like, you know, sometimes you just, you don't, you're not getting the same vibe as someone else. So this re- person who was doing the referral was an ED Reg or something. And, you know, he was just a fiery person. Anyway, I think got two or three referrals and the scans were normal. And for some reason, my buddy started to take that as a bit of an insult, that like every scan is equaling nothing, which is, uh, it's not a big deal, like, who cares, it happens. But I could see during the day, like, he was getting more and more irate, oh, here's this guy's calling me again, here's this guy, calling me again. And then I think eventually, like, he just lo- I was just trying to report and he just lost it. And he just went, he was shouting down the phone. And then he got up and started walking out of the department, I was like, well, what are you doing? What are you doing? He goes, I'm going to examine them myself. Oh, And I was like, you know, I should be a good friend and try and stop him or just watch the drama that unfolds. So I just let it happen. And when he got back, apparently he'd got into a had a massive bust up, the consultant had to get involved, had to calm the whole thing down. And it was just so unnecessary. It was just like, that is against the rule, a path of least resistance, man. Just let it through, whatever. These things happen, like... I've seen, I've seen some really crazy things when people don't trust each other. Don't yeah, take, yeah, you know, yeah, you, as health professionals, you should at least trust what the other person is saying. And yeah, maybe if they do make things up a little bit, that's not on you. That's on them. Like you know, what can you do?
1: I think Mehel once said that a tweet that really stuck with me. Like the aim of every phone call is for the phone call to end, and that's yeah. the approach you takes when <laughs> someone phones it. And it, and, it's, and fair enough. I mean, I'm I'm the world's biggest pushover, and I'm the med on call. And I, and I think it's just because if I'm on the phone, I just want to get off the phone. I don't like being on the phone.
2: Oh my god, yeah. It reminds me of those people that you know when you like WhatsApp them and then they call you back. I'm like, oh, mate oh. The reason why I've WhatsApped you is because I don't want to speak to you. I don't want to speak to you. So don't don't call me back. Oh, savage, savages, savages I think
1: that's for our generation that is like a, a, a crime you Yeah, know? absolutely yeah. I, don't, I don't want to talk to you
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it does seem there's like a hierarchy of like interaction, isn't there? It's like, okay, I've got your phone number, but is it okay if I text you? But now if you WhatsApp someone, that's like another level of like, you know, are, are we friends? Are we allowed to WhatsApp each other? Yeah, it can be a bit of a difficult thing to, um, what do you call it, navigate. Can I, enough, can I ask yeah.
1: Theresa how much of your WhatsApp is pictures of ECGs from DGHs when you've been the <laughs> cardio-region <laughs> call? How much of it is... <laughs> Yeah, normal, normal, normal. That's a massive STEMI. Why are you even extending like, this to me? This should already be in the ambulance.
2: Normal, normal. Yeah. It's about 50% ECGs and 50% my children. Yeah, so it's either one, pretty much. <laughs> either <laughs> but, one. Um, yeah, either. It can't be anything else. It's over those two things. Yeah, little Wellen
1: and STEMI. Uh, yeah. yeah exactly. and, uh...
2: <laughs> yeah. Um I wanted to mention um the advice that I saw from Tessa Davis, who I definitely recommend giving a follow if you don't
1: She's great, yeah, she's um She's, she's so awesome,
2: right? Yeah. But I saw one that kind of particularly resonated with me, which is uh, how you receive negative feedback was that you always used to crush me because I guess I don't know, maybe I'm like so like so egotistical or whatever. But like I just take it I find that it's so much easier to receive negative feedback in a hospital in like in a medical setting than it is positive feedback. And positive feedback is generally really wishy-washy, but negative is always like really like, oh, you did this wrong and did that wrong. Um, and she did this really cool thread and there's a, I think there's a YouTube video as well, where she talks about not all, you don't have to take all negative feedback. You don't have to take all of it. And you, are, you should consider the source, like where it's coming from. And often like when you get negative feedback, Um, it can be from people that you've never really not interacted much with and you've had one negative interaction with them and they've decided to give you feedback on that and essentially it's it's a kind of it's shrouded in this aura of like feedback but actually it's just them wanting to give you a bit of a hard time and i found it quite difficult to uncouple the word feedback from that negative interaction and taking stuff personally but like um it was just really interesting to hear someone like quite senior and why he's just kind of saying that and just kind of like vocalising that feeling that you don't have to take all negative feedback and you know and that's true of like working but also Twitter and stuff you'll get some people who just don't agree with you and it's like well who are you name and bunch of numbers like does it really matter like what you think.
1: Well even if it's someone that you respect if you just happen to disagree with them about the way that you do things that's okay you know that's that's.
0: Yeah, and also like even the person who's given that negative feedback or, you know, they, they might be having a bad day. You know, sometimes their feedback is always good and then suddenly they're having a bad day. So you've got to just sort of take it as it is and just, I always try and see like any sort of feedback, just look for the positives and move on with your life. Otherwise, it, it'll, sometimes, you know, it can really um, have a negative impact on your own your own happiness, which is not really worth it and not really the point, is it? So, uh, Zach, uh, any negative feedback with, the, uh, well, with your experience? Very... Any negative?
1: I've... <laughs> Well, for, for you guys, it's like, all right, look, I've, I've been listening to this podcast for too long. Here's everything that you need to change about it. Uh, uh, and I, I expect this to be different. No, not at all. I think the one uh. thing that we should say, just because of the week that it is, is, you know, um, shout out to uh, every new doctor who started this week. Yeah. Who, uh, mm. You know, you don't need to take all those tips for new docs on board, because a lot of them are nonsense. But hopefully you're having a good time. And hopefully, I mean... Look, you've got three of us here like being a doctor enough that we're willing to not only invest a lot of time talking about it online, but then to, you know, invest an hour and a half tonight in talking about talking about it online. You know, it's, and and I think that says that you know there there are lots of us who started a while ago doing it because we like it and like the yeah. weird eccentricities of it and like the weird communities that form and discussions we have and hopefully particularly our, our like children, you know, like our, that group of medical students who've just become doctors, we've got to know, who we tweet and respond to, it's really nice to see them all, um, you know, kicking off their careers and uh, hopefully they'll be teaching us shit over the next few years.
0: But, yeah. Um, yeah, exciting times isn't it, it is, you know, definitely. I still remember that day, it was, um, it's such a long time ago now, that must be how old I am, <clears throat> but um, yeah, just so much has changed since then. You know, it really has. It's just crazy. Yeah, uh, Yeah. so good luck to all the new doctors out there. Um, thank you so much for listening to another episode of this podcast. We truly appreciate all the all the tweets that we're getting. You know, I think people were anticipating us talking about a lot of the craziness that's happened this week. Hopefully we've done it some justice. It is, it's difficult, isn't it? There's just so many nuances that you can't even put in a tweet, let alone put in a podcast, really, because there's just so much going on with what people are thinking and feeling. But anyway, h- have a good week. And we're still going to do the Monday uh, evening... Uh, Twitter space with Ajay uh, Zach do come along if you're free it's good fun to kind of I talk to people yet, live and been yet but I
1: will come along actually to
0: that one. yeah yeah it's good fun it's good fun and um, you know occasionally we'll have questions from the podcast that we just aired so it'd be great if you, t- if you could come along so anyway uh, everyone have a great week and we'll see you next week for some more fun and uh, everyone try and stay out of trouble this week yeah <laughs> bye and you've been listening to two medics and one Mike. With Imran Laskar and Therusha Gurbardner, thank you for listening.